Stay tuned for an exclusive SFN Radio interview coming up next. Hi, welcome to SFN Radio's High Frequency with your host, Christy Walsh. Welcome to High Frequency, part of the SFN Media Group. I'm your host, Christy Walsh, and joining me in the studio today is actress and producer, Sydney Coleman. You know her from The Young and the Restless as Hope Adams, and from Guiding Light as the character Annie Denton, and she's had many other primetime roles on Law & Order, Human Target, and other favorites like The X-Files and Silk Stockings. She's been in many other films, such as Indecent Proposal and 20 Dates, and I think a new film called Bad Parents, which will be coming out. And she has a new music video that she was a part of for recording artist Cattail called Cottage Grove. But that's not her first journey into music videos. She's appeared in two others with Huey Lewis in the News, I Want a New Drug, and Heart and Soul. So welcome, Signe, and thank you so much for bringing your magic to SFN Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad. I would love to hear what it's like to return to the music video genre. And where was your life when you were first filming I Want a New Drug? And, you know, part of the scene is you want a speedboat in sun tanning <laughs> in San Francisco. my took us off, I might add. <laughs> in San Francisco Bay, I can imagine. And then you're communing with nature and horses in Cottage Grove in the Pacific Northwest. It was quite serendipitous the way that it, 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 it took place in terms of the videos with Huey Lewis in the news. Huey actually grew up in Marin County, where I'm from. His mother and my mother live in the same town that I grew up in, uh, Bolinas in Northern California. And Huey used to be with a band called Clover, and he used to play down at our local community center. When I say I grew up in a small town, I mean the sidewalks roll up at 6 o'clock at night, you know, with the exception of the saloon, which was, um, I think, established somewhere in the 17 or 1800s, Smiley's, which is you know, a bar now. Very quiet town, general store, post office, uh, laundromat. Um, once upon a time, there was a really great seafood place out there, Tarantino's. That's when I was a very young child. And then a very high-end place called the Gibson House that people would drive from San Francisco to have dinner at, you know, the experience of driving to, you know, to the country, out into the countryside to, to uh, eat at uh, this five-star restaurant. But very tiny, very wholesome little pioneer town. So I used to watch Huey uh, playing at the community center as a child. I'd go down and I remember he would sing Johnny Be Good, which is still to this day one of my favorite songs to dance to. And um, he was... 10 years ahead of me uh, in age, so he, he knew my older brother and sister, you know, more than more so than myself, but I was modeling at the time and uh, had actually um, been accepted to UC Berkeley. My grandfather, my father, and my sister all graduated from UC Berkeley. It was a bit of a family tradition, and I was uh, set to all set to start in the fall, and I happened to be down in Union Square with a couple of my girlfriends, and a modeling agent approached me and said, have you ever modeled? And uh, I said, no, I haven't. They said, well, you can tell that you're a dancer. I'd been studying classical ballet for years, had been on a full scholarship with the San Francisco School of Ballet, was being apprenticed for the company, started dancing when I was quite young, and then quit at age 16, decided that the uh, lifestyle was a bit too destructive for me, um, and short-lived as, as a dancer. 
your mm-hmm. um, you know your, your in terms of your professional career and what you can do after that. You know, you go into choreography, you know, choreography or or teaching. So at any rate, I was in Union Square and this modeling agency approached me and model agent approached me and gave me her card and went in with my parents. We took a meeting and they ended up finding me and before school start started several weeks after we took the meeting, an agency from Paris came through and and they met me and they loved me and they signed me and instead of starting school UC Berkeley in the fall, I told my dad, you know, I'll just, you know, take some time off and you know, start a little bit later and took off to Paris and worked all over Europe. It was an amazing experience. And so six months based in Paris, six months based in San Francisco. And on one of my trips back, uh, my modeling agent sent me in um, an audition for this thing called MTV that was going to be hitting the airwaves for a thing called a music video for this band called Huey Lewis and the News. And I kind of laughed and said, well, Huey comes from the town that I grew up in, and I mean, I don't know him, know him now, but we kind of know each other, our families know each other, and I went into this audition, and I walked into a room of very hardcore punk rockers, <laughs> and I kind of walked in, there was like 50 of them, and I'm talking mohawks and safety pins and the whole nine yards, and I was about halfway through the room, and I thought, you know what, this cannot be right. And I turned around and started to walk out, and uh, the door opened where they were doing the casting sessions, and the director popped his head out and said, wait, 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 where are you going? Don't leave. Come here. And I turned over, and I walked over. I said, I, I don't think this is the right thing that you're looking for from me. And he said, no, 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 we're looking to cast a girl that is sort of stands out from all of these very interesting characters. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, I'll bring you in right now. Come on in. So they um, had me do some reactions. You know, you see a cute guy across the room, split with them from across the room. Okay, what girl's not good at that, right? We're, we're born with that innate ability to split with a guy from across the room. And they put on Heart and Soul was the first music video and said to me, you know, dance. And I danced. And they said, fantastic, great. Thank you so much for coming in. And uh, by the time I got home, my agents had already called me and said, you booked this music video. I don't think anybody knew that MTV and music videos were going to do what they did. Um, they really changed the face, I think, in many ways of the music industry uh, because of the exposure that it allowed different bands to get. So that took off, and you know they took off. Number one hits one after the other. And so when it came time to do the second video, they asked me to do the second video, and which I did, which was I want a new drug. And that was quite an experience because I actually shot live concert footage. So they, before the concert started, they walked me across the stage and put me in the very front. And there were some very disgruntled girls who were, you know, madly in love with Huey um, and a number of the other band members. So they sort of had to surround me with extras to keep me <laughs> ripping my hair out. I'm not kidding. They were not happy because there's a scene where he walks up and he leans in and we almost kiss. And and so I had to be placed right where I was. So by the time that started hitting MTV and started airing, my modeling agents, I didn't even have a theatrical agent at that point, started getting calls from agents in Los Angeles saying, we'd really like to read this girl for a, you know, a role. And 
they got four or five phone calls. So we set up back-to-back auditions. I flew down to L.A. I read for, I think, three or four different things, one of which was Stacey Keach had a, a series, the Mike Hammer Detective Series, um, Mickey Spillane. And I booked a, a part on that. And it was Stacey who said, you've got natural talent. Um, you know, you, you've got what it takes, but you really have to move one of two places. You have to move to New York or L.A. You've got to get into a class. And you've got to study. And I said, okay. And within a month, I packed up a U-Haul and drove down to L.A. And uh, my sister was living down there with her husband at the time. And I lived with them for the first month until I got my own apartment. It sort of got settled in, got an agent, signed with Nina Blanchard, and started you know, got myself into a great class, which was Peggy Fury. It's called The Law Studio, comparable to the actor studio in New York. Uh, Chris and Sean Penn were there. Meg Ryan had just come from As the World Turns. Maureen McGovern was there. I mean, it was like, it's sort of like a who's who of young up-and-coming actors. And we all had keys to the studio. We all lived there. We were constantly working on scene work and putting up, uh, putting up scenes and monologues. And I studied for a year straight, supported myself modeling, and that led to an audition for a soap opera called Santa Barbara, which I auditioned for, and got the role of, and I was, it was a contract role, I was on that show for two years, so that's how it started from there, but um, the, the music videos really segued me from print work into, um, into acting. But as anything else, you know, I took it very seriously, and the studying part of it was very important to me. And I continued class for years, even though I was working. I continued to stay in class until it got to a point where I was working so full-time that it was very difficult for me to be in class full-time. So, um, But whenever I've had lulls in, in between contract series roles, um, I've always gone back to class. So I studied with a number of different uh, acting teachers, uh, coaches, and um, that's my recommendation for anybody who wants to pursue acting, that it's really important to to study and to really hone your craft. And, and that includes studying, I think, all creative outlets. Um, I spent a lot of time in the museums. Um, you know, I love the Impressionist painters, so I not only have been to a number of museums throughout the world to see to see their work, but studied their 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 life history, their backgrounds, and mm-hmm. classical music and classical literature. All of the classics, I think, are very important um, as a as a performer to study and uh, hone your craft. So that's where it started, and it just took off from there. It's like you're also crafting kind of what keeps inspiring you. It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. I, first of all, I, I, I love, I love what I do. I love what I do. And it's like being a really, really good detective, creating a character and researching and building a backstory an entire life. You know, you think as, as, as people, when we walk into a room, say we walk into a social situation, when we walk into that room, we carry all the years of our life experiences with as this human being on this planet right here, right now, in this moment. And as an actress, you have to create that that life story for that character as well. And the greater the backstory you create for the character, the greater the depth the character has. So um, I love that process of it. 
of, uh, building a backstory and a life for any character that I'm that I'm working on. And I've I've had the opportunity to play a lot of very diverse characters, which I feel very fortunate to have done. That I have never been typecast into one type of character. And I love playing the gritty characters. I mean, when I was in class, I, I wanted, I would say to my, my coach, especially when I was studying with um, Larry Moss, I would say, I don't, I don't want to play the leading lady stuff. I, wa- I want to play the, the, the bag lady. I want to play the homeless person. I want to I play the drug addict. I want to, you know, give me, I want really gritty stuff that I can sink my teeth into. I've, I've done all the other stuff. I, I think I'm, I'm very comfortable with playing that other stuff. I want the stuff that's really going to challenge me. And he actually gave us an assignment in class one day. He said, I want you to go to the museum and pick a painting. And one of the characters in the painting, I want you to create a backstory for her and I want your, or him, and I want you to write a monologue. Well, I was fascinated with Degas at that point. And living in L.A., mm-hmm. I went to the Norton Simon Museum and they had a a huge collection of the Degas, the washerwomen that he painted, which most of them made pennies a day um, scrubbing clothing, and most of them were prostitutes by night and alcoholics and, you know, very into morphine and, and um, what is it, opiates, you know, mm-hmm. things that would just take them out of their lives. And so I created this character. I was the only one in class that did the assignment and put it up in class. And it's really interesting. I'm very hard on myself in every area of my life, particularly my my acting. Very, very critical of myself. I think as most actors are, most artists are. And all I remember hearing when Larry critiqued it was, you know, negative things. And it was my girlfriend, my very close friend, Judith Bourne, who I was in class with and was also still my friend to this day, um, who said, my God, didn't you hear him saying and, you know, she listed off all of these very positive things. And I said, it's so funny. I, I, I filtered all of that out. I didn't even hear any of that. And it was a couple of years later. I, I live in New York now. I live in the East Coast. <clears throat> Pardon me. But I ran into a friend of mine that I was in class with back in Larry Moss's studio. And he was very involved in the theater scene in New York. And he said, God, I'll never forget that scene you put up in class. He goes, you know, Larry still talks about that today. He uses that as an example in his class of this amazing actress who who uh, had the courage to actually take on the assignment and do it. And I just looked at him and said, you're kidding. And he said, no, you're, uh, he uses you as an example to his other students today. And I thought, wow, you know, there's a life lesson right there, how, how hard we can be on ourselves and, and how we tend to focus on the negative and not the positive. You know, it's a glass half empty, that glass half full. And I'm I'm in a very different place in my life today where for me the glass is always half full. I really look at look at my life that way because I think every circumstance, every situation in life allows us a lesson. And I feel that our greatest teachers are our most difficult relationships, whether it's a boss, a coworker, uh, a romantic you know, romantic boyfriend, girlfriend, love interest children, parents, whatever it is, the difficult relationships are the, are the ones that teach us the most about ourselves because we have to dig really deep, you know. It, life is great when everything's coming my way, you know, just everything's <laughs> happening exactly the way I want it to. It's when it's not 
that I got to really dig deep and, and find that spiritual foundation and trust that the universe has a plan for me um, and that it's usually much better than the plan that I have for myself. So I really believe that. I'm always amazed by that, that the universal plan is just bigger and more expansive than I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so funny. So then, you know, now you're on a new music video set, but you guys are outside, mm-hmm. um, you know, for Cottage Grove. And, and what was that like? With well, that? it was, first of all, video, music videos have come a long way since 1983. I think, you know, we probably shot, I, I don't know what the budget was on it uh, for Huey's first video, but it was kind of, you know, I it, it reminiscent of, you know, Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney. Hey, look. My dad's got a barn. My mom's got some costumes. Let's put on a play. Um, it was just these incredible creative people came together to do this thing. And uh, we we had the pleasure of Devondra Rathod was the director for the first two videos that I did. And just a lovely, lovely human being. Very spiritual as well. Very deep and, and uh, sensitive and kind. Really wonderful human being. And it was just like everybody kind of came together and made it happen. It was, um, but you look at music videos today, and and my God, you know the the budget that they had to shoot them and how expansive they can be, and and uh, special effects and everything else. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Stuart St. John several years ago, and from the moment that I spoke to Stuart on the phone, I felt a connection to him, and. My um, my business partner, Tyler Ford, who had created this web series, created, written, um, you know, produced, directed, uh, was casting it, casting me as one of the leads, ended up bringing me on as a producer, and we were shopping around looking for where we wanted to 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 put this, what what you know outlet on on the on the internet that we wanted to the direction we wanted to go in, and there were you know we were being romanced by a number of them and we had a three-way conference call with Stuart and it was the most amazing it was one of those experiences where within five minutes of speaking to Stuart and Todd his partner who I just loved um, tremendously as well it was like I knew it it was like my heart center just lit up and I knew I knew this is this was where we were going to place on the SFN entertainment network and that this was the man, these were the men that I wanted to work with. Um, he spoke our language. He, Stuart has tremendous, tremendous depth in terms of his spirituality and his outlook on life. Um, very, very kindred in, in that sense and the way that we view, um, I think, the world and what goes on around us. So he called me. I was um, actually back home in Bolinas for Christmas. Um, my my precious angelic mother, who is not only my best friend but an angel on this planet, had had a very serious stroke several months ago, and um, I rallied all the troops for us to make sure that we were back there for Christmas, and um, which many of us were. And I got a call from Stuart saying, you know, would you be able to fly to Oregon? Um, you know, just we'll, we'll fly out first thing in the morning, shoot all day, keep you overnight, fly out first thing next morning. I said, let me uh, discuss it with my parents, but for you, I'll do anything. 
And uh, <laughs> he sent me the information about it in the song. Fell in love with the song immediately. And uh, so I flew to Oregon. It was an incredible experience. First of all, she is amazingly talented, this young lady. She's really, really, this girl's going to go far. Her talent speaks for herself. But to have the opportunity to be directed by Stuart and work with him once again and his incredible team, it was heavenly. It was just heavenly. And Stuart is very open-minded and, and, um, you know, gives the, gives the actors and the talent quite a bit of freedom and is very open to suggestions. And, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And I have no doubt that this girl is, is going to climb the charts and she's going to be, she's going to be the go-to girl. She's going to be the one to be looking for because she's really going to do something in the music world. So she's incredibly talented. So it was an absolute pleasure. And I grew up riding horses. I'm a tomboy at heart. I lived on top of trees and on the back of my horses for the first, you know, 12 years of my life. So, you know, you're telling me to come and get on the back of a horse and ride. I'm like, absolutely. Where do I sign? Uh, so it was it was an extraordinary experience. So so what about the folks that you've worked with over the years and having that sort of deep connection? Because it seems like in in the actor world, when you're building the backstory, you're building that energy that people are going to relate to. And mm-hmm. whatever the character's doing, the washerwoman <laughs> in the Degas painting is going to be relating to somebody out there who feels just that same way. And mm-hmm. so um, I guess when you end up working with you know, other directors or producers, or they're sort of doing the same thing, just maybe in a slightly different way. Is there an experience that was just phenomenal for you, where you could sort of see yourself and and your process? Well, I've I've sort of felt that way throughout my entire career. You know, the the thing that's a bit heartbreaking about about my I, about my industry is that you know, unless you're on an ongoing series, which I have been, um, you know, a number of them. You know, you, you, you get together, you come together, um, you meet each other, you start working on your relationship with the characters. You all get connected on a set from the cinematographer to the hair and makeup people to your fellow actors to your director, um, you know, to your drivers. You become a family. And then the, the project's finished and you have to say goodbye. And it, there's something so heartbreaking about that because you really do develop these connections and friendships. And... I've stayed in touch with a number of people that I've worked with um, throughout the years. But, you, you know, you move on to your next project, your lives get busy, we have families, we have children. You know, life gets in the way of, you know, being able to, you know, get together once a month and have dinner. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that part of it is, is, is a bit sad, but um, I take something from every single experience and I learn from all the people that I'm surrounded by on every set, from other actors, from directors, producers, writers, from music people. There's always a lesson that is learned and something that creates another layer, another layer in my instrument as an actress. Mm-hmm. So I've had many defining moments. I'm playing a, you know, a blind character on Young and the Restless. They, uh, when I was cast as Hope, Adams. There were some people that were pretty upset. The um, the Braille Institute in in mm-hmm. L. A. was was a little upset that they had not cast a blind character, but they had said that they may eventually get you know were going to give the character her eyesight back. 
And so I reached out to them and said, I, I, I know you're not happy about this, but would you please work with me and help me create the most realistic character possible? And at first they were hesitant, and I said, please, it's, it's very important to me. And um, so they said, you know, we'll start working with you. And, and the disease my character had, has, uh, is retinitis pigmentosa, which is a, a degenerative disease. And when a person is diagnosed in, in its earliest stages, uh, they actually work with the Braille Institute to start training them how to live them, their lives blind. How do you you think what mm-hmm. we take for granted, jumping in our car, driving to the grocery store? Well, they put me in a blackout blindfold with a cane and got me out into downtown Los Angeles and taught me how to get into a building, how to use an elevator, how to get on a bus had a grocery shop. So they were instrumental in helping me build this character, these gifts that are, are God-given. Never again will I take this for granted, and I haven't. It was a very defining moment for me. And the importance of creating a character that was very identifiable uh, to the audience. And she became sort of a poster child, not just for people who were blind, but but for people who have other challenges in their life that perhaps are blind in a wheelchair, um, cannot hear, are not able to speak. And the fan mail that I got from, from people, not only people who had those situations within their, you know, personally in their lives, but from loved ones thanking me for creating a character that was not self-pitying, was very strong, very independent, and lived a very full life and had tremendous spirituality in terms of her faith and that all is as it's supposed to be in the universe. It was only supposed to be a six-month character to create sort of a a softer, gentler side to Victor Newman. And within two months, the audience responded in a way that was overwhelming. Within three months, I got nominated for an Emmy. And uh, Bill Bell kept coming to me and saying, we want to talk about extending your, your contract. We really... I just kept saying, talk to my, talk to my agents, talk to my agents. And so <laughs> a six-month character turned into, um, I think it was eight years. That was a really wonderful experience. And I still go back. The character, you know, I still go back. They talked about perhaps bringing me back, and, and I would love to do it. Hope is really one of, my, one of my very favorite characters that I had the privilege of creating and developing throughout the years. But it would be interesting to see a, a twin-sided sister come back who was not quite as lovely as she is, somebody who might be a little bit more banged up and stir things up in Genoa City would be really fun. So just putting that out there to whomever is listening. (laughs) Fans reach out to me. I'm very approachable um, on Facebook, by the way, and also on Twitter. Um, You can follow me at Sydney Coleman. Um, and please do, because I really do respond to fans. I love to stay in touch with, with the fans. So what so what other creative projects do you have going on? You have a couple, I think. Uh, well, I just uh, had a film release called Bad Parents, and that was actually shot locally in, in, uh, in Ridgewood, in the area that I live in, in uh, New Jersey. And it actually started out with they were looking for soccer players as extras, and my daughter, young girls, um, who's been playing soccer for years. So they they hired her uh, as an extra and then actually gave her uh, a small role. When they found out who I was, kind of created a role for me, and uh, it just went from there. And that's being released in theaters as we speak, Bad Parents. 
I just was offered a role in a short film called Tempest. I don't know anything about it other than it's a short film, and I absolutely love the producer and the director that I read for uh, several weeks ago. Uh, I continue to have a very, very successful voiceover career. I do a lot of voiceover work. And then River Ridge was a web series that I was brought on as an actress and then asked to become an executive producer, so I produced for the first time. And that did incredibly well. We're starting to outline and and, uh, look at season two and uh, take it from there. So acting, voiceover work, and a little bit of producing for the first time. And actually, when we go into season two of River Ridge, I will be directing for the first time as well. Very busy. I'm also working on two books right now. One is a children's book. Another one is sort of a fictional, but based on a, a lot of, uh, real life experiences in the industry, which is quite funny. My sister's working on that with me. And I am also a contributing editor for a magazine here, Back East Commerce Magazine, and just getting ready to interview for the second time Betty Velastro, uh, the cake boss. I actually interviewed Huey Lewis for the magazine, and I'm getting ready to interview the entire band in uh, small excerpts for the magazine as well and Dave Cause as well. I stay very busy. Of course, I'm a single mom raising a 12-year-old right now as well, who is the greatest teacher of all. My children have been my greatest teachers by far. They taught me the true meaning of love, such gifts in my life, gifts from God. Sunny, thank you so much for talking to us today on High Frequency. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And as I said, you know, to anybody out there, please reach out on Facebook and uh, on Twitter at Sydney Coleman. Okay, thank you, Sydney Coleman, for being a guest on High Frequency. I'll be back next week with a brand new interview. Meanwhile, you can listen to my archive shows on SFN Radio at sfnradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter or leave me a message on Facebook. Have a great week. And if you want to find out more about Cottage Grove and the new video by Cattails, go to cattailmusic.com. 